And we're back up in here on the Catholic Movie Guy podcast, the only podcast made by a Catholic movie guy for Catholic movie guys and gals and other people. Yeah. This yeah. is the Catholic Movie Guy Podcast. Yeah. I'm here with the Tim Man, as that, uh, which he stole from me, sound would indicate. Like you haven't stolen every single thing you do from me. Yeah? How you doing? So, uh, as you can tell, Bo Bonner was not available this week. The good doctor is out. So we'll go ahead and slum it, I suppose. Apologies to those people in the St. Louis area who prefer... Bo Bonner, I know who you are. As we call them, Benedict Arnolds. I want to say that he's not a real doctor. He says he's a doctor. It's all a facade. It's uh, basically lies and made-up facts. Correct. They should have informed him ahead of time. They did not want him to lie or make up facts. So, uh, what's the movie this week, Tim? Well, everybody knows the movie this week is the tremendous movie. It's wonderful. By the Cohen Brothers. Is that true grit? And we like it a lot. True grit. Now you're thinking, boy, it's been one, two days since the last Cohen Brothers podcast. And that's because they're awesome. It doesn't matter. If you don't like the Cohen Brothers, turn off this podcast. Download it. Stay subscribed, but feel free to turn it off. No, you must listen to it. Uh, I apologize for the irregular schedule, listeners. Uh, real life does intrude. The Catholic movie guy has many demands on his time, many, many billions of demands. And so, uh, you know, I, I skipped last week. What can I say? But No, Steve is a proven content maker. Yes, I make the content. And we listen to it? Yeah? And we're back! So, Tim, uh, do you want to do a little plot schmummery? I know I you're, good, you're really a, good at it. I don't know if that's a great idea, but <laughs> what happens is this. There's a guy who gets totally kanked by a man with a burn mark on his face, and little Maddie Ross comes in to solve the crime. Of course, she's got a higher rooster Cogburn. That's the great Jeff Bridges. Hilarity ensues. Matt Damon gets involved. That's LaBeef. And you've got Grandma Turner. I don't want to say any more. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen it, you need to go see it right now. It is one of the best movies of all time. No hyperbole. Um, there are people out there. These people are what I call wrong. And they think that the original John Wayne version, God Rest His Soul, is better. Now, I'm not saying anything about the merits of that movie. Nothing to do with anything, but it's not better. Who could say that? Lots of people. Many people. I don't agree. First of all, those people are usually not Coen Brothers fans. Which, you know, I assume that we should allow them to continue living on Earth. I haven't really thought it through, you know, if capital punishment is justified on that basis. I'm thinking yes, but let's just table that for right now. I haven't ever met anyone who didn't like the Coen brothers. That's not true at all. It's totally true. There are several people in our movies club. Well, go ahead and tell me who they are. Name names. I don't want to put their business out on the street like that. I don't want to dox them. You know what I'm saying? I don't understand what that means. What I'm saying is, I ain't going <laughs> to give their personal info. You know what I'm saying? No. What, what I'm saying is, if they don't want me talking about their business, then that's what this is and this. You know what I'm saying? No. What I'm saying is, I'm not going to talk out of school, because it ain't cool. You know what I'm saying. I have no clue. So, what I'm saying is, Tim, there are these people, they're sick people, but they exist, and they deserve, be, you know, God created them too. 
So we're, we're going to just go ahead and acknowledge them while saying, this is not for you. We're going to laud this movie. There's not going to be any criticism to speak of. You didn't of. create them to be stupid. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Tim. Yes. This movie is, uh, I would say it's a formative movie in my life, in my love of the movies and of the Coen brothers, and in our relationship. And I don't know if you recall. I do. But I watched this movie in 2010, and I told you, hey, Tim, Tim, it's great, blah, blah, blah. And you says something along the lines of, Duh, why do they got to remake everything? I already saw the old one. Something I, like that. I don't remember that at all. And then uh, eventually you watched it. Yes. And I think you said something like, I liked it, but what was it all about? Right. What was that movie about? Yeah. And, and I you think said I said for the first time. Yeah. It's about grace, and you were right. Grace, Tom. One hundred percent. By the way, I call Tim Tom, if you're confused at home. And I call me nothing. So I said, he said, what's it all about? I said, it's about grace, Tom. And now... It is. Yes, and not only is that true of most great movies in a way they're about grace, but this one in particular is about a... a well, okay, it's a, a Calvinist kind of theology, right? Yes, but the great thing about Calvinism I, I is you can make fun of it as you go. <laughs> okay. Well, it's going to get heady here. And Tim is what they call in the business lit No, right that's now. not true. Have I you... refuse to cop to that. Okay. Have you had a drink before this podcast? Listen, I'm not going to sit here and say anything. I have not had anything. That's none of your business. Yeah. All right. So uh, Tim might not be in the best position to do this, but basically... You know, the conflict over uh, Calvinism with predestination, what it comes down to is when you really... Uh, first of all, it's predestination is false in the Calvinist sense. But what you understand as a trad Catholic, a rad Catholic, a crad Catholic, is that we believe in predestination too. So really? the theology is actually pretty much spot on in this movie when you get down true, to it. True theology of a Catholic nature is actually... <laughs> scarily close to Calvinism. Yeah. In a way that, for me, causes some cause, has caused some real scruples and, uh, and whatnot. But yeah, has properly, caused them lately. No. Properly understood predestination, simply meaning that, of course, God is aware of and gives all the graces to the elect that they are, in a sense, predestined to eternal life. And without right. his graces, they would not be able to get there. As a shout-out to the great Ryan Madison of the New University of Notre Dame, who's a real doctor, by the way, not like Bo Bonner, mm. who claims to mm. be a doctor and is not. Fair point. Uh, we are not Molinists. Okay, we have a Thomistic view of predestination. That's a, that's actually a complete misstatement. Obviously. I am not a Molinist. Well, you said we. Are you? I don't know what I am, but I certainly am not going to condemn a respected theological opinion. They're Jesuits, man. Okay, either way, uh, I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty, but yeah, predestination is a Catholic doctrine too. So, Insofar as this movie is about predestination to uh, to grace, then yeah, it's 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 fully Catholic. But what it's uh, what it's about on the surface isn't that at all. What it's about on the surface is a good old revenge caper, right? Or not a revenge, properly speaking. It's a bringing the bringing the bad guy to justice. Yeah. See, uh, the the thing about grace that you were so right about, it it so permeates this thing that I think it is actually about who is favored and who is not, and the inscrutable wisdom of God as to that decision. Rooster Cogburn being a man who comports himself, let's say, in a noisy and not exactly godlike fashion, is favored. 
Whereas you got your, you know, uh, you know, cowardly, uh, meeker individuals who are not. Labeef is not Cogburn. Cogburn rules. Your thoughts? So I, I think the the truth that you can glean from this movie is that God gives His grace to uh, damaged vessels, right, and uses them for supernatural ends because they're in the earthen vessels and you see that rooster cogburn is a contemptible man not just you know from i mean contemptible he, or contemptible did i say contemptible yeah that might be i right. suppose it could be dictionary.com contemptible deserving or held in contempt despicable i am now looking up contemptible and that definition is there are no definitions available for contemptible. Did you mean contemptible? Contemptible. Oh, we yeah. missed, you misspelled so I said it. said contemptible. He said A, okay. Oh, contemptible an with an I. To yeah. treat a regard with disdain, scorn, or contempt. So I believe that they are both correct. And we see that we are both wonderful. Right, but I think you should use the word that people haven't heard because that proves you're superior to them. I believe this discussion has been contemptible. <laughs> and contemptible. So, uh, Rooster is a, you know, he has obviously uh, good aspects to his character like anyone, but he's a, you know, he's kind of a, kind of a loser basically at this point in his life. He's down his luck. He's living in the, in the back of a Chinese grocer. I'll sleep in a rope bed behind a Chinese grocery. Yeah. So, uh, he's, he's certainly down his luck. He, you see him committing perjury early on in the movie. He's pretty much committed cold-blooded murder. <laughs> maybe at least, for, maybe for God. At least a handful of times. Yeah. Uh, and yet, uh, we see the virtuous, very sure of herself, Maddie, use him to, uh, to bring... Boy, she is insufferable. Yeah, but she's also awesome. Yes. Bring Cheney to, to justice, right? Right. Now, like the man with the mustaches said... The sheriff, Rooster likes to pull a cork. That means he's a drunk, right? And I think it, I think it's specific. It's it's important to remember that when she, he's the sheriff offers her three different suggestions, and she specifically chooses Cogburn because he has true grit, because he's the one who's going to you know be a little more uh, violent toward the uh, criminal when he gets him. He is a pitiless man. Uh, so, you know, I mean, she's, she, justice is on her side, and this is the other side of the predestination theological discussion. Justice is on her side, but she's not really motivated by justice purely. It's, it's mostly revenge. Now, a lot of times in our human endeavors, we're on the side of right, but self always intrudes and ruins everything. Right. And, uh, pride also obviously figures into this movie, not just in, in the form of her, uh, She's her inordinate desire to bring Cheney to justice in her way, but also Labeef. I mean, Labeef is the figure of, of a prideful man who is actually virtuous in, in the outward appearances, but is marred by a sort of inward uh, vanity. Yeah, but I think he's better inside than that. I, well, I Right. I mean, these are all um, characters with virtue, but they're all tarnished. And so you see they all represent different aspects of fallen man to one degree or the other, right? Yes. Okay. So that's one theological truth of the movie. God is using these fallen um, creatures to bring about good ends. Theological truth number two. No one gets off clean for their sins, okay? Whether in the movie they're punished for them or 
they were already being punished for them. And I'm going to start with Maddie. Spoiler alerts are, no, this, this movie's spoiler filled. Maddie gets her due, okay? And yes. Maddie is the one who gets to pull the trigger, even. Who's, it's, it's her heart's desire. And thereafter, immediately after she gets what she wanted, not what was right necessarily, but what she wanted, she gets her, her uh, inordinate revenge. She immediately, literally, falls from grace. She's falling backwards into a pit of stakes. Into the pit. Yes, into the pit. A descending into hell. Right? Hashtag hell. And she's trapped in her in her own man-made hell. But she would have fallen to her death but for uh, the intervention of divine providence, grace, the root that traps her leg or else she would have fallen down 200 feet. Right. So she would have died. Okay, so Grace saves her, but then she's enabled, she tries to um, extricate herself from the situation. And she can't. Not only can't she, but she actually pulls the poison toward her. She pulls the snakes toward her from the dead body. They bite her. She has been justly punished for her sin. And let, let me say something about her retribution, okay? So the first encounter that she has with Cheney at the stream... At least she first says, come with me, you're going to face the law. He comes to try to disarm her, and she shoots him. That, That's 100% I, justified. Correct. I think her desire for revenge is exactly the same, but at least then she obeyed the strictures of the law, and she was not harmed. And, in fact, she came out pretty well vis-a-vis old, uh, you know, Barry Pepper. But it was when she finally shot him, there was no justification. She didn't say give up. She just said stand up, and she blasted him, and she fell into the pit. Yeah, I mean, again, when you say no justification, I mean, who knows what anyone would do. But, yeah, it wasn't a pure, it certainly, as a, it wasn't the best. It wasn't self-defense. Right. It was tainted. Yeah. And she doesn't lose her whole life. She loses an arm because of it. It's, uh, it's a meeting out of justice on screen. Hashtag arm. Okay. Theological point the third. You're I don't know what we're on. Thanks. And I'm not even Dr. Boo Bonner the fifth. He's not a real doctor. Junior. Esquire. He says he's that a doctor, man. but he's not. Early on in the movie, uh, she's walking with Rooster, and she talks to him, and he says something about whether there are snakes around. And he says, don't worry, the snakes will not bother you. You are too bony. You are too thin. And Hold bony. on, this, is, this was not planned. This is the Catholic movie gal on the phone. I'm going to go ahead and get her opinion on the movie. Why not? Hi, honey. Hey, how are you? Oh, I'm okay. Um, I'm here with Tim. Oh, yeah. Hi, Tim. Hi, how's it going? It, it goes well. Uh, you know that movie, True Grit? Not the John Wayne one, the Coen Brothers one. Yes. You know that movie? Yeah. Oh, wait. You watched the Coen Brothers movie? Yeah. Did you like that? It's been a long time, but yes, I did. That's it? I, I, there's, there's a couple scenes that really stick out in my, hand, in my head, but I, I mean, yes. I like it, it. I don't remember it that well. Is it that one where Walter wouldn't roll on the Shabbos? No. Um. Big Lebowski. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. No, this is a. Yeah, this is a disaster. Whatever. Whatever. Goodbye. There you go. 
It's reality. It's unscripted, and it's wonderful. So back to the back to the conversation. Okay, he uh, he says this, you're too bony. The snakes will not bother you. She's a pure, innocent little girl. All she her father's been killed. All she wants is justice to be done. The snakes won't bother you, but when you go a step too far, the snakes bother her, and she is in fact bit. It's you know, very. I, I never took that apart. I just thought it was a lazy git. Yeah, well, sometimes when you have a movie, they'll have two meanings to things they say. There'll I've be things like foreshadowing that. and never seen allusions and things like that. What is that? It's just under the text. What do they call that? The subtext. Oh, the subtext. What? What about when you have two texts that are getting together for a date? That's the context. Theological point. The fourth? <laughs> fourth. I'm, I'm pretty, ladies and gentlemen, I got I to gotta drive. I gotta take over the wheel on this one. Tim is out of this one. Uh, point the fourth. They're searching, they're searching, they're searching. They're always a step behind. They can't find Cheney, right? When do they find him? When they've basically given up on finding him. The trail goes completely cold. It's a pure act of grace to find him. I extend him. my hand. <laughs> Does that mean you like the point, or are you talking about something else? It's a, <laughs> it's a good point. <laughs> Tim has left the room. Uh, theological. What am I on here? I'm all discombobulated here. Can you can you add something? Anything? I think you're on the right track. Why do you keep going? <laughs> theological point: the fifth. Labeef, the figure of vanity and pride, bragging about his carbon and all that stuff. Right? He's he's a Texas Ranger. He's the cat's meow. He's got tassels and spurs. He's wonderful. Wonderful. He's really not all that confident. Like some braggadocious people, he's actually a little afraid he can't make the shot. He finally, get, finally gets Cheney, or, uh, Ned in his sights, right? And what does he do to make sure he gets that shot? Because he can't do it on his own. He, says, he invokes the Almighty God is he says, what he does. What does he say? Please, Lord? Oh, Lord, or something like that. But I think he says, please, Lord. But either way, he invokes our Lord, and he hits. The GL is very reliable. So, I submit to you, friend, that this movie is indeed about grace. No, it is. You were never writer about that. You were writer on that than Righty Ridenson. And I want to tell you that you've never been as right since then hmm. and likely will never be as right. Hmm. Hmm. Tricky. So, ladies and gentlemen, there's another great review on the interwebs by Stephen Gradonis, oh, Tim's favorite author. I can't believe you cite that guy. He's a, he's a good reviewer. He's got a great review of True Grit. It's very insightful about this fact about grace. And that leads me to my last point, which is this is the movie for people who aren't fans of the Coen brothers. And Gradonis, I wouldn't say he's a Coen hater, but he's not a, he's not huge into them. I love them. I love their uh, I love the quirkiness. There's plenty of quirkiness in this movie for sure. Greaser Bob, The Undertaker, the good original stuff. Greaser Bob. Um. But it is, it is the only Coen Brothers movie mm, where I can say for sure there, there's really there's no sense that this is being done ironically at all. It is really played straight. It's very faithful to the book. It's very faithful to the spirit of the work. And it is not played for, for mockery or any other thing. It is a straight up ode to this, this subject matter. Not the only one. Try Miller's Crossing. Mm. Miller's Crossing has much irony. In fact, that's one of the things that makes it really cool. It's not that realistic. I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty uh, 
I mean, it loves its subject matter, but also gently mocks it, like the Tommy gun scene with Leo. I mean, you can't be serious, right? That's part of what makes it great. Go ahead. You are out there, man. All right. So I just think it, it's it's a wonderful movie. and uh, It's a great movie. I think it's Jeff, uh, Jeff Bridges' best performance. He was the dude. I think it's better than the dude. When he, he was the dude. All right. Well, it's certainly very different, but when he is carrying Maddie that last bit to get her back safe, I cried a mighty tear. And if you have a daughter, I mean, it's just, it's so beautiful. It's, yeah, it's it absolutely is. beautiful. Oh, I wanted to point out Mr. Grace about what happened at the end. So he makes it, he wants to get back to Bagby's store. That's where there's some kind of medical help. Horse uh, plays out. He ends up having to kill the horse. She sees the result of her sin again. Every time yeah. somebody gets killed, she's looking back and she sees. This is like a, the whole movie is like a general confession of Maddie Ross. Mm. Because she's responsible for so many deaths based upon her revenge game. But in the end, he carries her and he runs. This fat lardo drunk runs and runs. He runs out of gas at the very end and they're almost there. But even then, he's not quite there. On his own efforts, he can't make it. He shoots the gun in the air. They come out. God, in the end, has to carry it across the line. It's very reminiscent of Lord of the Rings, the book, of course, uh, where Frodo, who agrees to carry this uh, burden, in the end, can't quite do it on his own. It always requires the intervention of God. Only God is able to bring this job to conclusion. It is a beautiful scene. It is poignant. If you don't like that scene, then you ain't got no heart or soul, as Bob Dylan would say. But theological point, the seventh or eighth, whatever we're on, it's really not Calvinistic because it's true, and nothing that is uh, is beautiful and good and true will be, you know, heretical. So, no offense to you, Calvinists. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Movie Podcast, but you're wrong. You're dead wrong. You do have to make your own efforts. It's not enough to just say, well, I'm going to be predestined or, or, or damned. I, don't, I can't do anything about it. I'm just going to, you have to run as far as you can. You have to cooperate with God's grace to the extent you're able in order for you to get across the finish line with God's help. But why does God choose an instrument like Cogburn? Indeed. Well, that's, that's the inscrutable It's part. inscrutable. You love to screw it, but you can't. I would love to screw it, but there's no screwing involved. In de- indeed. No, Completely it's not able to be screwed. Yes. It's just not possible. No. Try it. No. And and like you said, when when you say her uh, her general confession and her you know her punishment for being out of bounds, uh, inordinate desire, she at the very very end, the uh, wants to wants to have a happy ending by seeing Rooster one last time and she doesn't get it. She sees his gravestone and that's it. No, she is S C B. Stone Cold busted. Indeed, Tim. We've done many a podcast now. I believe it's in the it's nearing two dozen. I think. I believe this is the worst. It's not the worst it's because horrible. because I listened to the second Christmas movie podcast. Was that bad? Oh, this is worst. Almost unlistenable. Go I, listen, dear listeners, and download. I just want it. you to know if you're listening to this, this is an unauthorized broadcast. I do not give permission for my voice to be broadcast over the air. I don't mean to brag, but in all humility, I think you know. My insights made this one. <laughs> How long did it last? Like 10 it's minutes? It's like five, six minutes long. Yeah. It's horrible. Tim. Yeah. The listeners, they want the pellet at the end of the maze. Oh, great. What do you give it? How many oh, Tim Mans? Okay. Dear listeners, I give this one 10 out of 10 Tim Mans. 
Well, go ahead and do it. The tip and 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 yeah. Was that ten? Probably. Dear listener, it's not only. First of all, it's personally it's it's my favorite western of all time. Bold claim. It doesn't even count. Retraction. Yeah, I gave Tim one of those looks that I've given him many times, where it's like. Uh, you know Cyclops from the X-Men, he can just shoot lasers from I his eyes. I, I just killed the whole... How is it not a Western? It's a Western! Of course it is. It's the best Western of all time, and I it's in my top that. three Coen Brothers movies of all time, and therefore in my top five movies of all time. It is movies. that good. And I give it ten bearskins out of ten. Nice. Bearskin, bearskins, 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 bearskins. Bearskins, bearskins. I have my bearskin. Greaser Bub. Tim, man, next week, Bo's back. So Good. you can take it, take the week off. Good. Go back down to AAA, am, and uh, we'll never, call you up if we need you. I am never podcasting again. Yeah, we'll, uh, you know, if there's an injury or something like that, someone gets traded, perhaps. Sure, if you can shot. get a, a verified PhD on your podcast, that's something. Yeah. Fraud. <clears throat> See you next time on the Catholic Movie Guy Podcast. I'm out. Party on, Wayne. And Wayne.